0: here this morning so excited to be bringing you the last installment about heaven matters today i want to talk to you about why we should tell someone about heaven uh we need to come on there we go so today's title today's message is entitled let me tell you about heaven it's not coming up yet let me tell you about heaven. And so as Christians, as we become more familiar with heaven, the, the desire of our heart should be that we want to tell someone else about heaven. And so we have to think about this in the right context. We shouldn't want to tell someone about heaven just so that we get another notch on our belt. This isn't about works, right? This isn't about I do this and I get something for it. That's not why... We're going to want to tell people about heaven. When we come to an understanding of what heaven is actually like, what goes on there, the heaven that we can live in here on the earth, and the joy that we can have here and now, it's going to change the way we live. It's going to change the conversations that we have. When we meet someone new, we're going to immediately have our first thought be are they going to heaven? And it doesn't matter whether you like them or not. (laughs) Your question is going to be, is this person going to heaven? And then it's going to follow up as we adopt the heart of God. Quickly, our conversation is going to adopt and be like, how can I help to get this person to heaven? I mean, obviously, this person's got a long ways to go. It was a joke. All right. Let's start here. John three sixteen. You guys know this scripture. We're going to start in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so Jesus came and he spoke a lot about heaven. He talked a lot about heaven. He talked about this place that we would go when we die, that we would live forever in heaven with God. John three sixteen, it's because of God's love. It's because of God's love that we get to go to heaven, that Jesus went and he prepared a place for us, that he desires that we would be with him where he is. It's the love of God. For God so loved the world. He prepared heaven for us. He prepared a place for you and I to go. When we leave this earth, we go to heaven. It's a glorious reward. I can't wait. We talked about that already. I'll wait, but I can't wait. Secondly, we get the opportunity to have a portion of heaven here now. Jesus said in verse 10, and, he called, uh, and when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. And he said, go as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right here. There's a portion of the kingdom of God that we have the right to enter into right here and right now. There's two aspects to the kingdom of heaven. One is that we live in it here and now. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. There is joy forevermore at God. There are pleasures forevermore at God's right hand. We can can begin to partake in them right now. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here and it's available for you to enter into. And so the life that we live on earth, we do not have to live from the place of earth. We can live from the source of heaven. And so we can live in heaven on earth. Jesus taught us to pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in, he- in heaven. Bring heaven here. This is an aspect of heaven that we get to live in the reality, a portion of a partial, a partial portion of the reality of heaven right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then everlasting life and heaven when we die and go on to the next life. He spells it out here again in Luke 18. Uh, Peter said, he's he's talking about, uh, he had just just counseled the rich young ruler. And then Peter said, see, we have left all to follow you. And Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or parents or brothers or wife or children for the sake of the kingdom who shall not receive many more times in this present age and in the age to come eternal life. And so they're talking about the sacrifice of following after Jesus. Jesus counsels the rich ruler, and he says, go and sell all you have and give it to the poor, and then you'll have treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. And then Jesus t- talks to them about how hard it is to enter into the, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then Peter says, you know, what about us? We've left all behind. And Jesus says, listen. There is no one who has left anything behind. There is no one who has followed me who will not receive in this age blessing and in the age to come. And so Jesus is spelling this out here. There's two aspects to the kingdom of heaven. There's the here and now. There's the reward of life on this earth for following Jesus. We can live with peace in the midst of uncertainty. We can have peace that passes understanding. We can have joy in the midst of trials. This is the life that Jesus came to give us, a life of abundance, not of just more stuff, but a life of full of meaning, full of meaning in him. The the best life you've ever wanted, Jesus has given for us. He provided for us. And how do we get that? By spending time with him, by spending time in his word, by spending time in prayer. I love the song that we sing. I love the, uh, what what did it say? I wrote it down because I I knew I wouldn't remember. The sound of his people on their knees. Is there a sound there? Is there a sound there? There's a sound there in the spiritual realm. John Wimber in the 80s used to say that when he was with someone who had uh, different types of sin, he could smell the sin and he could... Recognize the sin that they were in by the smell that they emanated. Someone else that, <laughs> Pentecostals can get crazy. Someone else said that uh, in the spiritual realm, spirits emanate color, if we could see into the spiritual realm. And I believe that we can. And so, in the same manner, there are sounds that come when we do certain things, we bow our knees to Jesus we pray. We bow down to pray. And what happens? What's the response? What did the, what did the angel say to Daniel? He said, from the day that you, you began to pray, from the day you began to pray, I moved. We came, but we were held up in the heavenlies. 21 days I fought against Satan, and Michael, the archangel, came, and he fought with me to defeat the powers of evil. When we pray, Things move in the spiritual realm. When we pray, we activate heaven. When we pray, angels are sent to dispatch the will of God that we're asking to come. There is a sound in the spiritual realm when we get on our knees. We're on our knees. We're in prayer. There is a sound in the spiritual realm. We may not hear it with our natural ears, but God is moving. Angels are moving. Spiritual forces are moving. They're at war because we pray. It's violent. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent, take it by force. This is the violent attitude of victory in the kingdom of God. I knew I prayed a lot, because I pray a lot. But then the other day I was talking to my wife, and she says, well, you pray in tongues all the time. And I was like, I do? I don't even realize I do it anymore. My spirit is praying, and I just start praying in tongues whenever, midst of whatever, just for no reason. I see it, I sense something in my spirit, just start praying in tongues. She does it too. We were having this conversation. And so we live in this reality of the kingdom in part, but there's more of a reality of the kingdom to come. And when we understand, when we just taste of the goodness of the kingdom of God, the goodness of the heavenly realm that we're called to live in, we're going to be compelled. As Paul says, the love of Christ compels me. It grips me tightly and causes me to go places and do things that I wouldn't ordinarily do. The love of God grabs us and brings us to this place where we have to tell somebody about heaven. We have to tell everybody about heaven. It's not because I want anything for me. It's not that I'm looking for reward. I want to share because I want you to live the life that I live. I don't know anybody. Okay, we'll keep going. I'll just leave that coming out. Second Peter 3.9, it says, uh, the Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act. Watch this. And he is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but he is extraordinarily patient towards you. Not wishing, not, that's great, extraordinarily patient, amplified, obviously. <clears throat> not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God wants every person on the planet to be saved. We know from the word that it's not going to happen, but that's his heart. God's desire is that every Person, every human being, anyone with breath in their lungs, that they would be saved, that they would come to the place of repentance, that they would bow their knee to Jesus Christ, that they would have the opportunity to live forever in heaven with God and to enjoy the pleasures of heaven here on earth now. That's God's desire. That's God's desire. And we're called to make God's desires our desires. 1 John says uh, beloved now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when he is revealed when God is revealed we shall be like him for sh- for we shall see him as he is and so we're changed from glory to glory and every single day as long as we're continuing in the process we're becoming more and more like God this is who God is he wants everyone saved John 5, Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you find life, but they are that which point to me. The scriptures testify about me, about my coming. And so there is so much richness for for us to find in the word. But the one glorious thing about the word of God is that it it reveals the nature of God. It reveals who he is. And so as we read our word, yes, we, we go through and we find out we're supposed to do this, we're not supposed to do that, we're supposed to do this, we're not supposed. To, but even better than that, guys, it reveals to us the nature of who God is. Last, last uh, a couple years ago, I read a book, and it was the first time I had read the book. Pastor Tom had recommended it. It was in his top five, and I was in school when he, he gave, when, he, when he mentioned it, and I didn't have time. And so after I finished school, I read this book, and after I finished the book, I set the book down. It was fantastic, The Real Faith by Charles Price. Some of us read that last year in the healing, in the healing group. And after I read the book, I put the book down, and I, and I said to myself, I said to my wife, I said, I just discovered something that I didn't know about Jesus before. I just realized something about the nature of God that I never knew before. And so this is our, as we understand deeper the nature of who God is, we will become more like him. You know, I, I read eight chapters a, you guys know I read a lot and I, and, I, and I love this book and I find myself all over all the time. And you know, every once in a while I'll read a scripture, I may have read it before, it's got new revelation, it's got new understanding, but the thing that will happen is I'll read something, I'll be like, I knew it. I knew that that was God. I knew God was like that. I just found the evidence. I just found it in the Word, because all of the Word says the same thing. We just have to, we have to mine it out. We have to dig deep. We have to find it, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. God hides, but he doesn't hide so we can't find him. He hides so that we can discover who he is. And then, just like a parent with a little kid, then he hides a little bit harder, and we gotta dig a little bit deeper. And then he hides a little bit harder, and we gotta dig a little bit deeper. And then, you know, he's hiding on the other side of the planet. Come on. (laughs) As we read Scripture, we should be discovering more about who God is. Yes, we're going to discover how we, we should live our life. Yes, we're going to be discovering uh, things that are going on in the world, what might happen at the end of time, uh, all of this stuff. But the, the key thing here is, guys, it reveals who God is. God came and said, this is who I am. Now do like I did. Jesus said, love one another the way that I have loved you do what I did. Glory to God. Matthew 28, 18 through 19, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and in the Holy Spirit. And so we read this scripture all the time, but I'm I'm saying to you today, go. All authority in heaven has been given to me, Jesus said. And he's basically saying, I'm passing it on to you. You take my authority and you go and preach the gospel of the kingdom to everybody that you meet. And so today, we have the authority from Jesus. I'm giving you authority as a member of redeeming love. Go and preach the gospel. Go and tell someone about heaven. Go and invite someone here to church next Sunday. Guys, it's really easy. We've got these invite cards. Hey, you should come to church next Sunday. It's that simple. Somebody says something. Hey, you should come to church next Sunday. It doesn't have to be eloquent. Say it with me. You should come to church next Sunday. You You guys are all got it. You've got the goods. That's it. That's all you need to know. But what, what, I don't like God. That's okay. Pastor will talk about it. It's so simple. We don't need to make it any harder than it needs to be. You don't need to have any scripture memorized. But if I don't know Romans Road, if I can't lead them to Christ, just get them to church. Just get them in the building. Just get them to watch online. There's a a QR reader on there. You just, here, look, you can watch at home. It's the first step. People may not be comfortable coming. They may see it online and be like, wow, this place is really cool. It's like a rock concert. I'd like to go. That guy up there talking, he's pretty animated. I think I could listen to him. We're really trying to make this simple because we've all been called to it. Listen, it's not just for the evangelist to preach to the the lost. It's for every Christian. Ephesians 4 says God gave the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the preacher, and the teacher... For the equipping of the saints. That's you. God gave the five-fold ministry gifts to equip you for the work of ministry. Praise God. It is not just the evangelists who win souls, it's every Christian. It's every Christian's responsibility. Jesus didn't just say go to the evangelists. He didn't single them out and say, okay, now those of you who are evangelists, go. No, he said go. If you follow me, go and tell someone else that they need to follow me too. Consider yourself sent. Go. Not yet. Romans 10 For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto some salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him, for whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If they're a sinner, they can be saved. If they swear, they can be saved. If they get drunk, they can be saved. If they do drugs, they can be saved. They actually, those are probably the easier people to be saved. If they're rich, they can be saved. Those are the harder ones. People that have done it all for themselves their whole life are the harder ones to lead to Christ. But it doesn't matter whether you're rich or poor, you're in, you're out, you're Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter. You can still be saved, even if you're a libertarian. Kidding. If you're breathing, it actually says in Mark, it says, go and preach the gospel to every creature. Listen, maybe some of y'all need to practice on your dogs. (laughs) Buddy, buddy, do you want to go to church? (laughs) You can't bring your dogs to church. Somebody will start a church like that. This isn't it. The gospel is for everyone. The gospel is for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for all of us. It's for everyone you meet. The person that you don't like, the, per- the people that you do like, the people that you love and-, and don't know God, it's for them. And so when you're looking at someone and saying, Should I ask them about whether or not they know Jesus? The only question is, is Are they alive? then yes. Let's not make it more difficult than it needs to be. Too often, as Pentecostals, we're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if it's God's will for me to talk to them about Jesus. Listen, stick it out of here. And like, because that's not God. God wants everyone to be saved. We don't need, you don't need to wait to hear from God to preach the gospel. You should not be waiting for a prompt from the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. You should be hounding the Holy Spirit. You should be like, Holy Spirit, should I preach the gospel to this person? Holy Spirit, should I preach the gospel to that person? What about this one? What about this one? What about this one? Walk through them all. Drive the Holy Spirit crazy. Eventually, he's going to say, I just got to send somebody. This guy right here. Right here. Red shirt. Get the red shirt. All right. Cool. Cool. Do you know Jesus? Hey, have you been to church? Would you like to come to church on Sunday? Let's not make it more difficult than it needs to be. It's really that simple. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that people aren't going to like you. They may not. (laughs) They don't like me anyways. Persecutions will come. If someone's offended because I'm inviting them to church or I'm preaching Jesus to them, watch this. See, the Bible tells us to be careful, uh, it says offenses are sure to come, but woe to him through whom the offenses come, right? So I want to be careful not to be offensive. If I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus from a pure heart, right, we talked about this, uh, it's in Philippians, there's those who preach the gospel from a pure heart and those who uh, preach the gospel simply wanting to add more, more uh, chains to my imprisonment, Paul says, either way, it's good, just go preach. He's, okay, so if we're preaching God from a pure heart and they take an offense to it, that offense is on Jesus. I don't, I don't get credit for that offense. Or would it be, what's the opposite of credit? It's the bad thing, right? I don't, I don't get the retribution for that offense. That offense doesn't come to me. That's not a violation that I have to pick up because I'm simply obeying Jesus. He told me to do it. I'm doing what he said to do. I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus and he takes the offense. If I'm doing it in an offensive manner, if I'm doing it just to get under somebody's skin, okay, now I'm being offensive and now there can be woe to me because, of an, an, because I'm being offensive, right? We shouldn't do it just to be offensive. We should always do it from your pure heart because we want them to be in heaven with us. That's the motivating factor. The motivating factor in, in, in Jesus, when he brought healing, more often than not, the motivating factor is compassion. How many times did it say, and Jesus had compassion on them and he healed them all? Yeah. Yeah. Compassion. And when we move with the heart of compassion, we'll never go wrong. When we move with the heart of love, we will never fail. We move with the heart of love and we preach the gospel. We may not win someone to Christ but we won't fail. At least we'll plant a seed. At least we'll get them one step closer. They say it takes seven uh, invitations for somebody to come to church. You have to invite someone seven times before they'll come. Now, that's not the rule. That's just the average. So what does that mean? It means I've got to invite everybody I know 10 times. Just do it. 10 times. I get over that seven they're, they're, they're under the average. They're going to come. Sometimes they're above average, and they need to a couple extra. I'm willing to go the extra mile. The average is seven. I'll go 10. Maybe 12. I'll read, read their mail. Maybe I'll go 14. There's people that I've been inviting to church for years. Every time I see them, just keep inviting them. Eventually, because uh, God keeps working. One one sows, another waters, but God brings the increase. It's God who works in them, and so we just keep we just keep inviting, we just keep telling them that God loves them. We just keep moving in the direction of love, and they're sure to come. Romans ten, continuing in fourteen and fifteen. How shall they call on Him, in whom they have not believed? How shall they call on Jesus in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Jesus of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Today, I send you, right? Today, you're all preachers. And so go and invite people to church Go and tell them about the love of Jesus. Go and tell them that Jesus loves them. Listen, we live in the Northeast, and so there's two things that you you gotta know about people in the Northeast. The the, the, The two days throughout the year where they're more likely to wanna go to church than any other day is Easter Sunday and Christmas Eve. Those are the two days. And so next week is Easter Sunday. And so if you know anybody that you've been working on, anybody that you've been talking to, anybody that you've been sharing God with, there's a great likelihood that they want to go to church next Sunday. Even if they don't want to go, there's something in the back of their mind. There's this religious thing that they've grown up with because they live in the Northeast that's saying, you need to go to church on Easter. And so just take take advantage of the opportunity. Hey, are you going to church for Easter? Hey, what are your plans for Easter? you going to church? You should come with me. I'll save you a seat. You can sit with me. You want to go? Cool. 10 a.m. Service will be about an hour, hour, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's not long. There, it's, it's lively. You'll like it. There's a place for the kids. Safety with the masks on the way in, the way out. You're not comfortable coming. Here's a card. There's a QR reader. You can watch live. It's up to us. Jesus took and gave us The privilege of inviting others into the kingdom of heaven. It's a privilege that we have that we get to preach the gospel. Guys, I'm I'm not great at this myself. I'm not great at sharing. I I do it constantly, and I'm always telling people about Jesus. I'm always telling people about heaven. I'm always telling people about church, about living right. I'm always telling people. It's, It's the only thing I really want to do when I meet somebody new. And so I'm constantly telling people, you, you need to come to church. You need to find God. You need to accept Jesus. You need to live according to the Bible. You should be reading your Bible. And so I do this constantly with everybody that I meet. And my, my track record isn't real great. You know, church isn't full, obviously. But I'm not going to stop. I just keep going. I'll figure it out sooner or later. Eventually, they're all going to catch it, and they're all going to want to be in church. They're all going to want to be following God. What's the biggest problem with America today is that people don't go to church anymore. They don't follow God the way that they should. And so we're starting a new series right after um, Easter about why we should all go to church. And we, I think the title is going to be Church, This is the Way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Really, guys, we just need to get back to church. We need people to get back to church. How do we save a nation? Get them to go back to church. How do, we, how do we turn America from the place where we're going this direction that we don't want to be going in? Get them to come back to church. Talk about the things of God. Come, worship God. Fall on your face. Worship Him. Read His Bible. Understand His standards. Live according to, to what He's told us. This is the answer for all humanity. This is the answer for America. And you can't pass a law that says, hey, everybody needs to go to church on Sunday. That won't work. It's on an individual, one on one basis. Each one of us goes out and gets one more person. And then each one of us goes out and gets one more person. And then each one of us goes out and gets one more person. If, we, if each one of us just got one person to come to church this year, church would double in size. We'd have to go to two services. If we did that again for next year, we'd have to go to three services and four services. We'd have to get a bigger building. We'd have to multiply churches. There'd have to be 10 and 20 and 50 churches throughout Troy. And this is what God wants. For the church to increase. We don't As Christians, we're not to hunker down, say, hey, the days are getting evil. We need to just hide and wait until Jesus comes. That's not what he told us to do. He said, go out there and pray. Go out there and preach the gospel. The darker the world gets, the brighter your light shines. If we take a candle and we hold it out there in the sunshine, you don't see, it doesn't light up anything. But if we were to bring that same candle and bring it in here with no lights on at all, it would light up most of the room at least a little bit. And so the darker the world gets, the more evil the world gets. As long as the light in you continues to shine, you become brighter and brighter. People become more and more attracted to you. The light is never concerned about the darkness or the shadow that the candle may cast. Does that make sense? Right? The light is in me. Jesus is in me. And so as a carrier of light, I'm never concerned about the shadow that I cast or the darkness that I'm in because the darkness has no effect on me. I have great effect on the darkness. And so as the light, there's going to be shadows. There's going to be places where the light hits and the light doesn't. I'm not concerned because those dark places, the light can conquer them in an instant. There's no way that the darkness can put out my light. Can't happen. And so this week, I want to encourage you guys to go and preach about heaven. Tell someone about heaven. Someone, you're in conversation, somebody says, hey, you know, this is terrible. That's terrible. You know, in heaven, God's going to wipe every tear from everyone's eye. There'll be no more pain and no more suffering in heaven. There's going to be joy in heaven. There's going to be peace in heaven. There'll be no controversy in heaven. Whatever it is that you find yourself in a discussion about, find a way to turn the conversation to heaven. There'll be no more fighting in heaven. There'll be no more arguing in heaven. There'll be no more uncertainty in heaven. And we can have heaven here and now. How is that possible? Come to church. If you're not sure how to lead somebody to Christ, just get them to come to church. And then once you get them to, if you do lead them to Christ, to complete your following in Jesus, you need to come to church. You can watch online or in the building. I prefer to be in the building. I like being with everyone. I like seeing faces. I think it's healthy. I understand that, you know, during COVID especially, we, we may need to watch online. As you go this week, I just want to encourage you, preach heaven. Find a way to turn the conversation towards heaven and invite people to church. It's just that simple. Now more than ever, this week especially, people will be looking for a place to go next Sunday. Why not here? Allison, come receive the offering. And uh, as she comes, I'm just going to pray for you guys. Lord, I pray for every person here today. God, I pray that as we go this week, God, that you would open doors of opportunity for us to share Jesus with others, to share the realities of heaven with others, that you would put people in our paths who are searching for you, Lord, that are searching for you, and that we could be the ones to help them find you, Lord, even if it's just a simple invitation, Lord. God, move. Let us see fruit this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.